You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode 155. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelan Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey son, hey son! How are you guys? Hey son, Lehoop! <laughs> hey, that good. was a while back. <laughs> yes, uh, w- good. How are you, Pontus? Wink, wink. How are you? Yeah, we were, we've been worried about you. I, I am a bit under the weather and I hope my voice is acceptable, but I can feel that it's a, a bit... Uh, I spent um, last night at the hospital after some emergency surgery in my stomach, which was not life-threatening at all but uh, still unpleasant enough to to not talk too much about but it was um it was a, i had a rough night as rambo would have said <laughs> listen hospitals are never pleasant it's like to be expected but uh we're glad to hear that you're better and stuff but still i would hopefully you can survive yeah yeah i will survive uh, oh now the tune is stuck in my head thank you <laughs> the tune <laughs> it's a good one now, uh, regarding healthcare, i just want to say that for uh visiting two different clinics getting surgery under sedation and spending the whole night i spent about uh, 20 euros for the whole thing excellent i don't even know what the real cost is so that's good mm, okay yeah no it's it's yeah. similar similar to to the nhs uh, system where you just like rock up to the hospital and just yeah and they were actually good very i was very well treated they could have done with a little more uh, beds and a little fewer Uh, patients in the same room but apart from that all the staff was fantastic so and it was clean and nice and tidy and yes yes and yes. just a whole experience mm, nice yeah. well in hungary you wouldn't have had to pay anything oh. but you would have got got a pretty shitty service but yeah <laughs> okay and in uk it depends which area you're in some counties are stretched for funding and now those will be ah, so underfunded and ah, okay. yeah and some are better positioned yeah what i said wasn't completely correct if you are willing to pay and uh, if you're lucky you can get <laughs> well, to a hospital that is in a good yeah. shape but uh, it's getting more and more of a rarity mm-hmm. yeah. well that it's it's good to know that you're okay i'm fine uh, i'm back in business back in business mm-hmm. okay Good. I'll be out of business for a while, for a while after this trip that I'm on now. Mm-hmm. How, how so? I requested a month off because I've I've just had too much and uh, I was traveling and I couldn't I couldn't do anything else properly. Even our listeners might have noticed mm. that uh, things are not in order. <laughs> so um, uh, again, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah. I think I, I worked enough in the in the last year or so yeah. that uh, now I I deserve a month off and um it it happens to be more than a month so all right good after all, good for before you before I restart work but yeah talking about getting things done and uh, getting back to work shall we crack on with this episode 
Yes. Yes. Let's okay. get Okay. Good, good. So this week in skepticism is what we usually start with. And we, fortunately, we have Yelena with us today to introduce us to something or someone who has relevance to this week in skepticism. Uh, I want to talk about somebody who actually was born on the 22nd of January back into, in 1561. Back in the good old days. <laughs> Were they though? <laughs> I'm not sure. No, not really. Not, not, for, really. The, not for the women. <laughs> not for the world. Um, it was for science probably. But anyway, not. the poor, poor, poor bastard was born back then. Anyway, his name was Francis Bacon. He was an English philosopher and a statement, but he did something really great in his career. So, you know, this little thing that, um, the tiny thing that the science rely, rely, relies on called scientific method. So this is the dude who is responsible of coming up with scientific method. How cool is that? Uh, That's pretty cool. I pretty think. good work. Um, yeah, no, I know, right? And um, I mean, back in the day, people didn't know what was true and what was, wasn't true. And uh, for instance, now we know that some of the diseases are spread through the tiny organisms called bacteria and stuff like that. But medieval people believed that instead uh, the sickness arose from in, an imbalance of bodies for humors. So, you know, they didn't know anything. They didn't, they didn't know how to test anything. And... Um, the microscopes enabled us to see the germs that cause the sickness. But when we look through the microscopic lenses to examine the microbes, how, how do we know how to understand what we're seeing? So anyways, in, in 1620, Francis Bacon uh, developed a method for philosophers to use in weighting the truthfulness of knowledge. And while Bacon agreed with medieval thinkers that humans too often erred in interpreting what their five senses perceived, he also realized that people's sensory experiences provide the best possible means of making sense of the world. And uh, because humans could incorrectly interpret anything they saw, heard, smelled, tasted, or felt, uh, Bacon insisted that they must doubt everything before assuming the truth. Ooh. That still stands. We still should doubt <laughs> everything before assuming the truth. doesn't matter... If we think we saw something or heard something, whatever. We've, we've discussed that before, didn't we? I haven't made up my mind about the truthfulness of this statement. Well, you know how unreliable... You know how unreliable... Ah! I fell, I fell right into it. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, I shall carry on with my <laughs> uh, little... Runt. In order to test potential truths or hypotheses, uh, Bacon devised a method where sci scientists uh, set up experiments to manipulate nature and attempt to prove their hypothesis wrong, um, which pr has proven to, to really be the right thing to do. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, so, for example, in order to test the idea that sickness comes from external causes, Bacon argued that scientists uh, should expose healthy pe uh, people to outside influence, uh, such as coldness, wetness, or other sick people, to discover if any of these ex external variables resulted in more uh, people getting si sick. Hardly ethical, though. <laughs> he didn't have a review board to <laughs> pull that. I tell you what, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's been tested in the past would, would not fly past the ethical commissioning now. <laughs> um, and one might argue that maybe that's <laughs> there's a downside and upside to that, of course. But uh, anyways, I'll, uh, this is a conversation for another yeah. episode. And knowing that many different causes for sickness might be missed by humans who are unable or uh, unwilling to perceive them, Bacon insisted that these experiments must be consistently repeated before truth could be known. 
a scientist um, a scientist must show that patients exposed to a specific variable more frequently got sick again and again and again. And we know that to be true now when they study something and there's a research uh, paper or, or uh, an experiment. We, we don't just base our knowledge on one test or one experiment or one research paper. We want there to be more than one, what we call peer-reviewed. So people in the other institutions in the other countries have done exactly the same experiment, came up with the same uh, result and... Um, it's been replicated in in many places and here we go folks that's the uh francis bacon for you and his um great 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 idea still is the best way to test the the truth of a claim yeah to this day great from 1620s yeah thank you for coming up with that i mean <laughs> i i'm talking to mr bacon yeah i'm sure he listens and to you as well yelena mm, mr bacon yummy yeah, I love bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I'm still hurting. Myself. Oh, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. But you know, uh, the good thing with a comment like this is that it sounds the most <laughs> ignorant ever <laughs> when you hear about Francis Bacon and you said, oh, I love bacon. <laughs> I know, right? <clears throat> okay. Thank you very much, Ilan. Pleasure. All right. Moving on to the next segment, which is uh, usually when Pontus pokes the Pope. And I think this time it's not going to be an exception. The truth is that there's so many stories about the Pope and the Catholic Church that we probably will have to make this segment a daily thing to keep up. Jesus, Louise. Yes. What, <laughs> no. what he said this time around. <laughs> We're not dedicating the show to the Pope. Or, uh, no. <laughs> you, we can have like an uh, offshoot of this show. We can have it um, like a franchise, you know. Yes. <laughs> no, so I will have to uh, pick and choose a little bit. So I'm not going to talk about uh, ex-Cardinal McCarrick getting accused for the third time for abusing people. And I'm not going to talk about how the Vatican has now clarified that hysterectomies is only okay if your uterus already is useless and can't be working. So we're not going to talk about that. I'm not even going to talk about Pope Francis. I'm going to go back, not just one pope, but two popes back and talk about uh, John Paul II, who was also regarded by a lot of people as a fairly good pope, I guess. And the reason I'm talking about him is that former Irish president Mary McAleese uh, recently held a speech at the Irish-American Partnership in Boston. And there she told about how when she and her husband, while she was the president, they met with uh, John Paul II. And John Paul, the effing Pope, instead of shaking her hand she being the president, he turned to her husband and shook his hand instead and said to him, would you not prefer to be the president of Ireland instead of your wife being the president? Hmm. What the F? Uh, can you believe that? And to Mary McAleese's credit, she says that she quickly interjected, you would never have done that to a male president. I'm the elected president of Ireland, whether you like it or not. That, that's good. That's a good retort. So good for her. Smack him be right between the eyes. Fucking Pope. Ooh. As Tim <laughs> Minchin would say so elegantly, fuck the motherfucking Pope. 
So, uh, you know, popes are popes. They have always been that way. And both John Paul II and the current Pope Francis were regarded to some extent, even John Paul II, a progressive or, or fairly, as I said, good pope. But there's no such thing as a good pope. Yeah, the nice popes. Yeah, nice yeah. popes. The lovely ones, yeah. loved by everyone. Yeah. Then I, yeah. I, then I, I do have another story about the Catholic Church that I will bring up, just because I have both a personal sort of relation to this news, and it's a Swedish one. Go on. So uh, I can report that the Cardinal and also uh, Archbishop of Sweden, Anders Arborelius, Anders Arborelius, uh, he has threatened that the Catholic Church of Sweden will leave the Swedish Missionary Council because they have written a policy declaration that includes the quote, access to legal abortion. And Outrageous. Yeah. So I assume they are, they're only in it for illegal abortion. That's, that's what the Catholic Church stands for. Mm. Because we will always have abortions, and they should know that. <laughs> but the reason I say I have a personal relation to this, I don't remember if I mentioned it. I, I think I mentioned it to you guys, but maybe not on the show. My mother used to babysit Anders Abrelius when he was a kid. <laughs> He's like okay. uh, uh, eight or ten years what? older than me. And his mother was a very good friend of my grandmother, my mother's mother. And so uh, my mother was put to, to uh, babysit uh, him. And uh, I'm sure she did a very good job because her ideas are much more progressive and modern than his are. But something must have ha happened to poor Anders in his youth because uh, this is not right. Poor Andrew. He climbed up the ranks of uh, the Catholic Church. That can do you a lot of damage. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if he was elected the next Pope? And I, I would be... We should have him on the show. <laughs> How old is he now, Pontus? I think he's eight, eight or ten years older than me. So that would make him um, 25. 70 or 80. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's young enough that he can still live long enough to be the Pope. Because I think, when do they not, like how, what's the average age of the Popes? Is it about 70 years or something, 75? They're very old. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you have to be a cardinal to be chosen a Pope. I think at least they almost always are a cardinal first. Yeah. Maybe it's not a fixed and rule. But... Probably, probably not a very frequent habit of popes to uh, make someone a cardinal at the age of 18, which used to be the case mm. a couple hundred years ago, mm. because they, they all put um, the, their nephews and someone, even his son, to the College of Cardinals. Mm. Yeah. So uh, sure they yeah. did. And in and is the fondling of boys like have to be included in CV for those as well? Uh, looks like it. Yes. <laughs> 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 or maybe they get a course. I don't know. Okay. Well. All right. I, I really like your idea or your idea of uh, Aurelius being invited to the show, but uh... <laughs> after what I just said, maybe he's not that interested. Yeah. 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 Well, he probably doesn't listen to the show, so we can get him on and then just be like, yeah, you know, really interested, asking good questions. We'll give it a Might try. Work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But probably the name would, would make him suspicious a little bit. No, I, yeah, he probably the title will. of the, he'll, of he'll the uh, No, he'll probably <laughs> think it's, it's about Brexit anyway, so. 
Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so thank you very much, Pontus, for porking the Pope once again. Sure. And that means that we are moving on to uh, discussing a couple of news items from across Europe. This is something that we haven't talked about for a while. Uh, and science sense about science. Ooh. We all really admire the work they do uh, because they just do it. They don't make uh, too much of a fuss about it. They just do the work, put the material out there, and uh, when they are visible, then you know that there is something really good going on. And this case is no exception because they recently announced their new uh, material, learning material, the, the, not the first one. Uh, there have been a couple of uh, very good ones out there. Uh, for example, a lesson plan that you can use in the classroom um, to, to teach children uh, critical thinking and, and how to develop their skills in that regard or uh, on that field. But this time they came up with uh, something that's called the Evidence Hunter Activity Pack. Wow. Yeah. It builds on that lesson plan, but it's aimed at scouts, guides, and after-school clubs. By guides, I'm pretty sure uh, it's it's not about uh, the tourist guides or tour guide. <laughs> um, but um, it's it's really interesting that. Uh, the these activities can be divided into um, five uh, different um, uh, steps and uh, categories. So the titles of those are, uh, first of all, should we really believe what we read on the internet? And th there are exercises uh, built around that question. And then who do I trust the most to tell the truth? Uh, so you, they teach you how to assess uh, the sources of the, the different statements. What does good evidence look like is, an, is another important question uh, that is um, examined in detail. And they teach you how to use different sources of evidence through... Um, group activities and uh, it's very interesting uh, there is something that is called an evidence hunter challenge that means when you are at the end of this uh, pack or you've, you've worked your way through this pack then you face something new and are you ready to assess it in a way that you can find out uh, whether it's uh, the, the the claims are substantiated it's rather good if you if you read through the activity pack it's very high quality material you see that there has been a lot of thought put to it and it's it's not just something that uh, someone came up uh, with uh, just in a matter of seconds it's a lot of work that has been put to it so uh, congratulations to to sense about science and uh, thank you very much for making it available to everyone. So it's part of the uh, Ask for Evidence campaign that is this ongoing, important main campaign of Sense About Science. So uh, a really good direction, I think. And I urge everyone out there who has a little bit of time on their hands to read through it and try to come up with uh, translations to other languages and that stands for both the lesson plan and the evidence hunter activity pack because that you can use in your countries 
And earlier on, when we had a couple of interviews uh, with them, and we wanted to, and there is, of course, um, Sense About Science has an EU office as well in, in Brussels. I think it would be very beneficial to everyone to have it translated into other languages. So please try to contact them, get in touch with them, or get in touch with us, and we can help you uh, reach Sense About Science uh, about uh, your proposed activities. Just do it, because the, the materials out there, it's much easier to translate something that's already done than come up with something from scratch. Hmm. So please do it. Absolutely. I like the name as well. Evidence Hunter Activity Pack. Yeah, I loved it. Sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Something that's not so cool uh, is something in Sweden that ha is happening now uh, in the area of facilitated communication. And uh, I will come back to what that is if you don't know what it is. But it, it, this news is about a company called Assistance in Balance, which is a Swedish company that assists people who may have some sort of health problem. Uh, and they want to get approval to use a method called auditive scanning in their care of a specific patient. This patient is severely restricted uh, in what she can do and uh, she's impaired in different ways and she cannot communicate in a normal way like talking or writing. The company says, however, that they can communicate with her through this auditive scanning, uh, which is a variant of uh, what we normally call facilitated communication. So it's a typical facilitated communication thing, auditive scanning, in that you show or read up a list of words or phrases for, for the patient, and then the facilitator notes down how the patient reacts to these words or phrases, and by that claims to interpret what the patient really want and really mean. Uh, in this particular case, they say that the patient wants access to her inheritance after her mother. Very not so strange in, in a way. And they are now fighting to get this uh, auditive scanning method approved by the, by the, I guess, by the authorities so that they can get uh, this through. The problem is with facilitated communication is that every time it's been tested for real, it turns out not to work. Even when the facilitator himself believes that he or she is not deceiving anyone intentionally, it turns out that as soon as you blind it, so you sort of, yeah, but it's hard to test, but if you test it properly, you always find out that it doesn't work, it doesn't work at all. So it's uh, crazy that we're still having this debate uh, in serious matters like this. Yeah, it's like it, it, it will never die out. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure it will never die out. It's very sensitive as well, but because if it, not in this example, but in other examples, if you have two parents trying to communicate with a, a severely autistic child and they can't get through because the child cannot or will not communicate and then a facilitated uh, communication scam comes along mm. of course you want to believe this and they that person says i can interpret what your child is saying to you we've seen many many examples of that and and uh, very very tragic and you can't blame the parents for 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 clinging to that uh, straw but uh, still doesn't work very sad 
So th this these news uh, were brought to our attention by Edzerton's blog. Um, I don't know if how many listeners following his blog, but he's also he's always putting something interesting on um, on a weekly basis. At the beginning of New Year, he did say that he's going to try to diversify things he talks about because he does talk about certain topics more than others, like homeopathy, uh, chiropractic, etc. But uh, other things and topics maybe he hasn't talked as much. But in this case, I want to talk about something he mentioned about probiotics so i can tell from my experience that i have been the victim of great uh, marketing campaign for probiotics in england it's like huge yeah. uh, it's been advertised everywhere so it's a, it's something you can get in a um, yogurt like drinks they sell them it's actually, actually quite pricey as well you Very get like pricey. a little tiny we tiny bottle yeah. mm -hmm. uh, we have it a, a lot of it in sweden as well yeah, but it's pushed everywhere. You know, the best thing for your guts, you know, best thing you can do for your guts is like a present, you know, uh, Christmas Day for your gut every day. <laughs> but anyways, so, hmm. hey, I've invented better marketing campaign for probiotics than anyone. But I don't think they need a better marketing campaign. They have, they have I know, good ones it's, already. It's been pretty good. Uh -huh. And actually, and actually the, I don't think they've been that pushy. Like, I don't know how I got to hear about it, but there's a lot of places you kind of, it was very subtle and all of a sudden I'm like, it's really good for my gut. Let me buy some, you know. So I, I did. I, I was known at, at getting some now and again. I'm not particularly uh, religious about it, so I don't. I don't do it all the time. But now and again, I find myself buying it. So anyway, so what was brought to our attention now is that actually there were a couple of studies published to say that beware, because actually there are some side effects to taking them long term. Ooh. And um like what? I'm guessing those those studies came out because overall it's and it's across the world uh, there was unprecedented growth in taking probiotics on a long term basis um and regularly by people and uh, <clears throat> whilst some studies were done to sh show some health uh, restoring potential for a restricted restricted group of microbial species. Uh, the marketed extrapolation of a similar probiotic labeled to a large number of other formulas seemed biased. So in particular, the individuals under neonatal stages uh, or with clinical conditions, including, I'm sorry for the detail, leaky gut, diabetes, uh, post-organ transplant, they failed to reap the benefits of probiotics. And if anything, it's actually dangerous for those kind of people uh, in those categories um, and uh, some probiotic strains might take advantage of the weak immunity in these vulnerable groups and turn into opportunistic pathogens Ooh. engineering life-threatening pneumonia endocarditis and sepsis so really for strong young people like myself <laughs> <laughs> it's fine I know, right? It's fine, but there are there might be some people who whose immune system is compromised and they take in it, and it's not that great. So um, you know, I, I I don't want to be alarmist at all. I mean, it's it's like I said, we 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 just have to be aware of these things and take everything uh, in precaution. But and also there were some questions around how these um, probiotics are produced now and what kind of strength of uh, probiotics is being used. Yeah, just be just be aware, guys, people, girls out there, um, that it's not all good, and um, just listen to your gut. Oh no 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 no
That's not the advice you get from here. Um, no. And you know whose who's awareness would be really desirable and beneficial to all of us? Go on. It's pharmacists. Ugh. Because in my country, mm. uh, when you buy, for example, when you buy uh, antibiotics, the first thing that they will recommend you buy as well will be probiotics. Uh-huh. And they sell it. At the pharmacy. Funny and, that you mentioned that. Okay, Karen. And the other thing is that it has been known for a while that they have no beneficial effects whatsoever. So this is absolutely useless. Mm. But now, in the light of all this new evidence of it potentially being dangerous, it's even worse. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. Well, so, but, but also one, one of the things I haven't actually mentioned, uh, the, the p- probiotics potentially carry the risks of, of um, plasmid, I'm sorry, these are all um, words t- too clever for me, plasmid-mediated antibiotic resistance transfer. So, so I'm assuming plasmid-mediated antibiotic resistance transfer basically means resistance to antibiotics. Clever word. So, <laughs> uh, um, plasmid mediated, that means that plasmids are transferring it. So, yes, uh, basically, it means if you take it, is a transfer of antibiotic resistance genes which are carried on plasmids, like you said. Yeah. So, if you take uh, probiotics with antibiotics, you're basically disabling the effect of, of antibiotics. Wow. Which is, yeah. which is not what you want to do. Um, something to think about. Just something that was brought to our attention and uh, an interesting one, I guess, in this case, because we would never have thought, because like I said, probiotics were always advertised as the the ultimate good for your gut. But um, like with anything, I guess, everything is good in moderation. Just don't overdo it. And um, Uh, well, yeah, I'm... There I'm not necessarily in favor of favor of. She, she said she those... said sip, sipping her second or third glass of wine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Good for you because it's the it's the evening. It would be really weird for me to start drinking now. Oh my god! Five, five a.m. In the, morning. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a good example that it's evening somewhere and it's the evening in in Sweden. Oh, it's anywhere. a good argument. So it's ah. it's an evening somewhere, Still. so I could start drinking now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, whatever. Still, I'm in Sweden. Ladies and gentlemen, where the... ladies and gentlemen, please be aware we're not advertising alcoholism alcoholism on this show. No. <laughs> no, and since it's an evening somewhere and someone might be very sleepy and <laughs> wanting to go to bed really badly, uh, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's uh, look at uh, Germany and what's uh, being planned there because uh, we occasionally mention the fact that uh, Scapcon, the largest... Um, German skeptical conference uh, is on, but uh, recently yeah, the actual dates have been announced. That is um, between the 30th of May and the 1st of June 2019. And this time it's going to be happening in Augsburg uh, in Germany. And uh, the registration is now open. There are normal prices and early bird prices the early bird price is 130 euros for members of uh pay which is the, the chief organizer and the wonderful skeptical organization of germany uh we we really like uh the the job they're doing they are f- for example running mm. 
one of the greatest campaigns uh, about homeopathy out there, uh, Homeopathy Information Network, mm. led by the wonderful and brilliant yeah. uh, Nathalie Grams. Yeah. Okay, so Nathalie Grams will be there, and uh, the the program it's an actual detailed program that is that has been detailed. has been put out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, Nathalie Grams is among the speakers and moderators, and Norbert Aust, whom we also had on this show, Holm Humla, uh, we've also interviewed. So um, a lot of very interesting talks to to look forward to. So uh, this conference is going to be fully in uh, run in in German language um i'm afraid yes i'm afraid yes yeah but uh i don't know because for a while there have been talks of uh, of including a couple of uh, english speaking uh, uh talks as well and i'm pretty sure that it has happened but i'm not sure about this one i tell you what's going to happen one day there'll be a technology that translates any language like spoken in, in, in the conf- at the conference real time and then people can from all over yeah, real time, and people from all over the world can just rock yeah. up, whatever the language, and, Japanese, and a lot of, and a lot of interpreters will be out of a job. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I bet they're really yeah. looking forward to that. But yeah, keep an eye out for the new developments and new things to be announced about Scapcon. But the program seems pretty well thought out, and and it it's, it seems like there is not much uh, room for 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 a lot of changes. But uh, yep, yeah. if you, if you speak German. Don't forget to go. <laughs> Just a quick note for those who are interested. Uh, I think they're selling tickets uh, at a discount at the moment. Like yeah, an early it bird is an early thing. bird uh, registration open now, yeah. Okay, one more news item before we go to the really wrong. And from Sweden, we are talking about acupuncture, which I actually, before I became aware of the skeptics movement, I, I thought acupuncture was a real thing. Reading this uh, news item, I realized how wrong that was. There's an acupuncturist on trial in Sweden for almost killing two customers. Uh, uh, This is an acupuncturist. That's hard to say. uh, Acupuncturist in the town of Borstad in Sweden. He's been uh, charged with almost killing two of his clients using a method called the master's method. I don't know if that was a very good name for this method. Uh, it's allegedly something he learned from a Polish practitioner. I'm not sure exactly what the master's method is, but somehow these clients ended up with punctured lungs, which could have led to their deaths when they had big troubles breathing after a couple of days after the so-called treatment. So how crazy is that, that you push in the needles so far that you punct puncture the the lungs yeah ay, 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 that, ay. that's not the the kind of acupuncture that i heard about before i you know i've heard about this but but uh, i forgot to mention to you guys coming talking about acupuncture i'm going to mention it now because it's relevant yeah um i have sciatica problem and i went to a physiotherapist who prescribed some exercises to do and she kept insisting that I should probably go to see an acu- acupuncture person. Yeah. And I just kept saying, no, 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 I don't mm. really want to. I I don't think it's good for me. And bloody glad I didn't. Yeah. No, but it's very well respected. It, it, as I said, I believed for a long time that it was something real. I didn't know exactly how it worked, but I thought, oh, it sounds legit. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it can apparently be very dangerous. So uh, don't do that. 
like sticking needles in your body doesn't but, sound um, like okay. do no, but just a little bit you know puncture the actual that would lung be or or the pleura the the membrane that is around the lungs it doesn't say in the article but, it's very but, short but is that making it better that they didn't puncture the actual lung and just the membrane i don't know if it makes um, it better I think for recovery, it, uh, there there must be a difference. <laughs> for recovery, but it's still horrendous. It is, yeah. It's like... Apparently, they were badly hurt, these two people, and uh, they Sheesh. got tr- trouble breathing. Yeah, yeah. With a punctured uh, lung, yeah. yeah. Oh. It happens. It's a very positive note to finish, finish the news items on. <laughs> um, but I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid we don't have... Um, too many others to talk about this week. It's been a slow week, beginning of the year, and it. Everything is well, apart from Brexit not happening and happening and maybe not happening and maybe happening and Theresa May not happening and maybe. What's on so the table? Yeah, is is this on the table? Is it not on the table? Uh, nothing is on the table. Everything is on the table. No deal is on the table. No, no Nobody deal is knows. not on the table. It's probably all <laughs> under the table at this point, I tell you. It's better than a Mexican soap opera by now, <laughs> but uh, we cannot uh, keep track of, of, of what's going on there. So... Good luck for the UK. Oh, thank you. But but we all I can see in the media now is complete and utter fear-mongering on both sides. On the side of the Brexit and on the side of the Remainers. It's, nobody can literally report just facts. Let's just not get either people getting all, all the way to the like, oh, it's the end of the world, catastrophe, blah, 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 or all the way. And it's like, no, let's just chill, And you know what? Guys. Slowly but surely... I am developing a fondness for uh, two politicians in this whole process in the UK. All right. One of them Who is Sadiq Khan. Jeremy. Sadiq Khan. Oh, Sadiq Khan. Okay. Uh, the the mayor of London, and the other one is Nicola Sturgeon, mm. the the first minister of Scotland. Yeah, the Nic- Nicola. Do you These know, two people she... make the most sense in the whole political field of the UK, but now these days. So, uh, yeah, we are all frustrated about Brexit, but I think uh, who, who the pro- probably the most frustrated with, with it, or among the most frustrated, are the Irish. <laughs> so I believe uh, our really wrong has something to do with the Irish this week. Isn't that true, Pontus? Yes, it does. It, but it has nothing to do with Brexit, though. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> Doesn't have to. So in Ireland... Kilcarney Municipal District Council has been urged to write to the appropriate minister to request the removal of fluoride from the drinking water in the town's supply, which also extends to other parts of the county. So this is something we hear a lot about, I think mostly from the US, fear of fluoridation of uh, drinking water, because you put uh, fluoride in the water and... uh, you do that for good reasons, because the people's health get better, specifically the teeth get better. But then there's a lot of fear-mongering about this. People uh, hear that it's a poison, which it is if you get too much of it. But uh, also they sort of ignore that a lot of water naturally has fluoride in it. So anyway, uh, there is a councillor, Donald Grady, who said, and this is all wrong, so I'm sorry for, for uh, quoting misinformation here, he said, while it was seen as an ideal solution to the problem of oral care several years ago, serious questions have since arisen, no it hasn't, 
and numerous countries have imposed complete bans on the use of fluoride in water. And here comes another quote. It has never been properly tested for safety in you, for human consumption or for the environment. Several countries have rejected it. End quote. That is not true. <laughs> it has been tested. And it is safe. And it's even beneficial. So uh, that's, that's all bullshit. It's even a deliberate attempt to misinform... Or just uh, outright ignorance. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I, hard to understand how anybody could really who wants to understand these issues for real can be that ignorant mm. because it's been demonstrated again and again. There are tons of uh, research on this, and it's not dangerous in the proportions that it, mm. it, we use it. I mean, too much of anything could be a poison, and often is a poison, but. Uh, uh, if you keep it to the right level, it's just good. Mm -hmm. So, especially Councillor Donald Grady of the Kilkarni Municipal District Council gets today's prize for being really wrong. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, goodly good. Well done. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Pontus. Thank you. And this brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, before we leave, I, we we haven't made that call for a, for a while. But uh, please, if you have something, a suggestion, something to share with us, or you uh, want to share your opinion, uh, criticism, please let us know. Please get in touch. Uh, we are more than happy to have your feedback. Yes, and then the feedback can be uh, delivered to us in as in as following ways through the post. Via email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. We don't have the postal address. That's Ooh. a bit sad. Anyway, we should get a PO box or something. Maybe people want to start writing us letters, which is absolutely fine. Um, oh, that's very the, serious stuff, having a PO box. The mm. art of, of writing letters is dead nowadays, I'm afraid, my friends. Anyway, our email address is info at theesp.eu. Um, also, you can tweet at us, and our Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore eu. And also, you can follow us on Facebook, of course, um, and directly message there, and or go on our website, and it's uh, theesp.eu. Where you will also find the, the events in Europe page, where you can see everything that's going on, all the skeptics in the pub, all the talks, the skeptics. Uh, the Skepcon that's coming up in, in Germany is there. So uh, go and have a look there. And then please, if you want to, go and support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the ESP and uh, pledge to, to send us a little something for every episode we produce. We appreciate that very much. And thanks so, so much for those who are already sponsoring now us. Greatly appreciate it. Yes, indeed. And this brings us to the end of the show, which cannot be complete without a quote presented by Yelena. I've got a quote from Francis Bacon, my oh, friend. Oh, I love Bacon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So do I. Um, not for the reasons that uh, most people think, but for the fact that he has come up with a scientific method. Mm -hmm. We're all better for today's episode. Anyway, the quote goes like this. If a man will begin with certainties, he shall end in doubts. But if he will be content to begin with doubts, he shall end in certainties. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> That's very good. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That'll be, that'll be all, folks. That'll be all. So that's your food for thought. Thank you very much, Yelena and Pontus, for joining me this week. 
Thank you. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And until next week, goodbye. Bye-bye. Пока, пока. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe Now we mentioned bacon, obviously. You hungry? Uh, <laughs> let's get let, let's do some poking and uh the best poker ever on this uh show is uh, hang on a second. when he does you it to the pope. Hang on a second, you can't just like say as we mentioned bacon and then there's a poking. How is that connected? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> got, oh my god. You've got to ex- explain your transition. Anyway, we'll, okay, we'll go with so, what okay, you've got. I'll try, I'll try to come up with something workable. <laughs> now that we mentioned bacon, let's poke the Pope. Aye. Former Irish president Mary, Mac- uh, Mary McLee. No, Mac- not mac and cheese. No, that's something else. Thank you what? very much for p- poking the pontus. What? <laughs> poking, poking the pontus. Oh my fucking god! Soon enough, it will be poking okay. the pontus. No, they ju- they just finished poking pontus. <laughs> <laughs> Stitch him oh, up god. properly. I, right? I, I would rather be poked by a priest than fondled by one. So. <laughs> You've been poked by science. Ah. <laughs> Is that the kind of show we're doing today? <laughs> I don't know. Half of it will be outtakes. Yelena? Yes, that's me. I know. That's your food for uh, thought? for Food for the thought? Or thought for the food? Or whatever? For bacon. Think of bacon. I think it's nearly time for you for egg and, egg and, egg and bacon anyway. I'm not yet, say. not yet. Still an hour and a half to go before I can go to have breakfast. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking early. <laughs>